Hello and welcome back to our second episode of Parenthood Peaks and Troughs and today I'm joined by my wife Dion and this episode is entitled What Don't They Tell You About Childbirth? So it may well be that by now you've had several appointments with your midwife um, about the big day and giving birth. Um, However, you may not uh, yet be at that stage and we thought we would share our experience of the lead up to the day that Amelia was born. Okay, so if you haven't had any appointments with your midwife as of yet, don't panic. There's not an awful lot going on in them. Um, They will track your weight, your height and your general health through these appointments and it does help to have somebody with you doesn't have to be father of the child it could be your mum my mum came to pretty much all of my appointments Um, they will discuss things like your birthing plan get you thinking about pain relief Um, and they also suggested that as a couple we attend what are called nct classes where you essentially pay to meet other parents that are due on or around the same date as you So the NCT classes, uh, if you want to take them, I think they're roughly around £200 for about eight sessions. Uh, One of them will specifically cover breastfeeding, Uh, but you'll go through uh, run-of-the-mill things like changing nappies, uh, discussing what pain relief options there are, um, breathing techniques, um, (laughs) shaking the apples, which (laughs) we'll touch on a bit later. That was uh, particularly fun. Um, looking at the different effects of different drugs, uh, winding children, perhaps children who might have colic. Um, We also touched on um, hypnobirthing, um, which whilst it didn't help with my actual labour, I found really quite relaxing in the latter stages of pregnancy when I was struggling with sleep. So it can be quite effective for some mothers. So the NCT classes, you're with a group of couples usually uh, having children around about the same time as you um they are worth the money in my opinion because two years down the line uh, we are still in contact with all of the group there was 12 of us in all we're still in contact regularly um you'll meet some really nice people and for mums particularly after the child is born you will have some um much needed solace in the wee hours of the morning when you're breastfeeding or dealing with a particularly dirty nappy Um, and feeling very tired and perhaps a little bit overwhelmed and uh, you'll know that those people will be at the other end of a text message which is uh, really quite nice. I think uh, also one of the things that they do mention during the NCT classes is um, false labour and it can send parents into a bit of a panic because you start to get um, sort of early contractions which you think are the warning signs that active labour is imminent um, and they're often known as the Braxton Hicks. Um, it wasn't something really that we that we experienced, to be honest, but we do know quite a few friends of ours that did go through um, those false alarms and um, on those occasions, I think it just helps to know that you're well prepared in the event that, in fact, it's not a false alarm and you do need to get yourself... Uh, to a hospital or indeed if you're having a home birth that you can have everything prepared and ready so um, to that end we thought we'd talk to you about what you might want to have in a hospital bag 
Okay, so to say that there are varying degrees of labour um, is um, probably hard to categorise, but I know people that have been days in early active labour before they go into hospital. I also know people that have given birth on their shower floor. Uh, for me, um, I did go into... Uh, I started labour and then stopped, and the second time around when the contraction started, I told my husband... And he was so sure that I hadn't gone into active labour that he put Netflix on and had ordered Domino's. Um, but within half an hour um, of us eating that pizza, um, I was in the car and on my way to our local hospital. And I should say that I was upset that I didn't get to finish my pizza, but um, <laughs> that's, that, that's, just, that's just an aside. Um, so what do you need to include in your bag? Well, I think a good starting point is a change of clothes for um, the expectant mother and whomever is going to be attending um, with her. There is a reason for that though and if your birthing plan, I really wanted a water birth um, and it does help with pain relief and I was really lucky that Amit um, got in with me and <laughs> suffered um, some of the contractions along with me um, and if you haven't bought a change of clothes then it looks like you're going in in your pants so um, it's better to be prepared and not need them um, but at the same time you don't want to be overpacking that bag which we were advised to take some really peculiar things in weren't we yeah I mean they they talked about um, well this is actually part of the NCT class where they said oh you know labour can go on for quite some time so you ought to think about taking in something to entertain yourselves whilst you're going through the contractions so board games can come in really handy <laughs> well that that that's probably not going to work I'll be honest I did take a board game with me uh, I took a pack of cards and um, when I even suggested playing a game um I, I got a bit of a look that suggested that that was the very last thing uh, on Dion's mind at the time. So, so I mean, look, it's it's horses for courses, I'm sure. There'll be some people out there who, who are quite comfortable doing that and it, it may be fine, but it didn't work for us. So you might save yourself a bit of weight in your bag by um, just perhaps packing uh, the essentials, if you like. Um, the other things I think you're going to need to include are... Um, potentially formula if you're not going to be uh, breastfeeding um, and also you need to be thinking about uh, the type of weather that's going to be uh, present at the time that you give birth so of course um, if it is winter time then you may want to think about packing uh, mitts and hats for your newborn um, we also found that you will need to bring uh, nappies potentially nappy cream, um, and also uh, baby wipes. Oh, and don't forget, you will be needing a car seat if you are going to be driving your baby home in your own vehicle or a taxi. A uh, blanket is also handy as well, because even in the warmer weather, babies do get cold very quickly, so it's handy to have one just in case you need it. So, you get to the big day, and... You realise it's not a false alarm. You've perhaps even downloaded the app on your phone, which tells you how far apart the contractions are. And of course, now you're wondering whether or not you need to make that call to your midwife or indeed uh, get in the car and head over to the hospital. But what should you be expecting next? I think at this stage, it's quite easy to panic, especially as someone who perhaps is driving someone uh, who's pregnant to the hospital. You might be tempted to uh, 
drive a little bit more quickly than you might ordinarily um, and I would say that generally speaking you don't need to um, you've got a lot longer than you think most of the time especially if you uh, manage to get to the hospital fairly quickly and most hospitals and midwives will suggest that you give them a call first before uh, just simply arriving um, at A&E because they will want to know um, how far apart your contractions are and whether or not um, the waters have uh, broken. So at this stage, if you have been um, smart and you've packed your bag because you're sort of within a week or so of your due date, then it should just be a case of picking up your bag and making sure your car seat is installed if you need one and then heading over to the hospital. I think for most parents, they're going to feel like everything that happens from that moment on is an emergency and that when you turn up to the hospital everybody there will treat it like it's an emergency but I think what we found hmm. was actually that um, they're so used to seeing uh, these motions that they don't really you know they don't really seem that panicked or flustered by it all like you are so consequently it can come across as though they don't care but actually it's more that you know they've seen this they're experienced and they know what's coming and how so they don't really need to panic and they'll usually make you wait a little bit longer than you might feel comfortable waiting but nine times out of ten they know how to deal with the situation and they'll need to do sort of a pre-assessment of uh, mum to make sure that everything is going according to plan now as I said we we did go to the NCT classes which were useful because they talked about the types of drugs um, that you might be able to have. Um, however, by the time you get to the hospital, I think it's fair to say that you'll know very quickly what your sort of pain tolerance is like. And for midwife at the hospital, if, if that's where you're choosing to have your baby, um, or even if you're at home, will then run through the types of things that are available again just to refresh your memory before you make that final decision. And she'll also sort of give you a bit of a pricey on the side effects again. So don't panic if you didn't go to an NCT class because you will still get a, a description or of each type of drug. In mind, you can get those free at the hospital as well. You don't have to pay for them. Pay for what? The NCT classes, uh, the hospital-run birthing classes, uh, something very similar, uh, but they are free, so you don't have to pay for them. We just opted for the uh, the more expensive option. So that's a useful tip after the event. Uh, don't pay. Uh, <laughs> it might have been handy for me to have known beforehand, but there we are. So what what's going to happen then once you've arrived at the hospital? Well, you're going to be uh, placed into a room initially and a midwife is going to uh, check how far dilated you are she'll also be checking the um, distance between your contractions that's not comfortable by the way i'll, I'll pre-warn you that i'm not trying to scare anybody but it is it's quite uncomfortable especially if you're going through active contractions um, but after that initial assessment they will in theory give you a room um, and go through what your birth plan was and is and if they can accommodate it. Also, whilst it just pops into my head, um, when you go and see the midwife, you will start filling out your 
um, your book that has all your details um, as a mother and how you're working your way through your pregnancy. Um, you will need those notes, midwife notes, when you go into hospital. So make sure that in an ideal world you're carrying them around with you in the last fortnight before pregnancy, as I was advised. Um, but certainly they should be in your hospital bag um, to show whichever active midwife is on duty that evening at the hospital because you may have any sort of pre um, pre-diagnosed medical conditions or there may be other factors such as um, if either of the parents is um, oh what's it called when you can't stop bleeding ah yes haemophiliac yes uh, important things like that will get written down so you must 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 have your midwife notes with you when you go into hospital or indeed if a midwife visits your home if you've opted for a home birth Okay, so um, if you were lucky enough, like me, that I um, I was five days early, so I didn't have to be induced, so I can't really comment on any of the procedures that the hospital go through with that. But um, I went into active labour quite quickly, um, and for me, I realised I had an incredibly low pain threshold, and it was really quite painful. Um, so uh, pain relief that's open to you. Um, initially, when I went in, they will give you the gas and air, which I had to have an injection for because it made me quite nauseous. Other things that are really helpful um, without any form of uh, medical intervention is things like warm water, so standing in a shower, sitting in a bath, um, I found quite a relief um, early on. Um, so pain relief that I experienced, I had diamorphine, um, which takes about 20 minutes to kick in. Um, it's effective for around two to four hours. I honestly couldn't tell you how long mine lasted because I think I was completely out of it. Um, some people have an epidural and I've heard that that can be uh, incredibly effective. And I have to admit, if I'd had the chance, I would probably have opted to that for that straight away. However, I think it's important to say that with the epidural, there is a risk that it can complicate the uh, pushing process towards the end of the um, labour because you are pretty much numb from the waist down and therefore you you won't feel your muscles around your pelvic floor. So it can mean that um, it will take longer for your baby to arrive and potentially they'll need to have um, intervention with the use of forceps or uh, ventouse. So you do need to weigh that up against um, using the more powerful um, drug that is the epidural you also need to balance it against the fact that the epidural itself is um, a type of local anesthetic that's administered into the lower spine which can carry its own risks and can take longer to recover from than just simple gas and air or diamorphine um, or pethidine depending on what your hospital offers so it's well worth doing a little bit of research into that before you make the decision on the day and then you can make an informed choice before agreeing to any one of those drugs. So you've attended your uh, antenatal classes, whether they're at the hospital or with the NCT group. Uh, they will go through breathing exercises with you. Uh, I found that for me, um, it went right out of the window with the pain. You don't focus on anything else. But if you're really, really one of those people that has a strong mindset... Um, that was something along with hypnobirthing I've heard can really help mums out. They don't need any intervention. Other forms of pain relief, uh, if you're having a water birth, as I said, it does really help. 
um, as as also does like a hot water bottle as well in the early stages as well. I found personally it does get very, very, very painful. Um, if anyone tells you it's like really bad period pains, don't believe them. It's nothing like that. That being said, uh, you will have plenty of support from the hospital. Uh, you'll probably have family members around you to help. And in when you know when the time comes for baby to come, uh, Mother Nature is a wonderful thing, and your body will take over, and that baby is coming out. Mm. So um, you can't stop it. Um, it does burn. I won't lie. I chose not to be cut. Um, some women do, um, but it does, is painful. There are stitches afterwards, but. When they put that baby in your arms for the first time, those hours of agony seems to somehow fade into the background because that baby you've been waiting to meet for months and months and months and months and months is now laying in your arms, um, and it is—it's a feeling that I, I didn't even didn't even didn't expect. Certainly didn't know it existed, um, and it's a, an amazing feeling to hold your baby for the first time. So you will get through it. So dig deep. There is definitely a light at the end of the tunnel with a baby. Yeah, and I can definitely, uh, I definitely agree with Dion there that the moment that you get to hold your child for the first time is really quite special. So do make the most of it. So what happens next then? Well, you'll usually um, have the baby weighed, um, be cleaned up, and then put that- your baby in your clothes for you know in the in the first set of clothes they'll do all of that usually while they're sorting mum out as well if you needed stitches and things like that um mum mum held baby whilst you were holding my hand if i recall yeah i mean the stitches um are again a pretty uncomfortable stage for mum after she's been through you know potentially quite a few hours of labor but as I said, that's balanced against the fact that you've now got shiny new baby um, with you to look forward to. And after that process, you're then taken usually to a different room um, where you will be required to feed your baby for the first time after they've checked you over. And this is the point, of course, where hopefully you've made the decision as to whether or not you're going to be breastfeeding. But if you are going to be breastfeeding, then usually the midwife will then come over at this point and try to help you um, get the baby to latch on so that you're doing it properly and that you're getting the right technique. And I think it can be quite tempting to want to leave the hospital as soon as possible. Um, I certainly did want to get out of there after spending you know, several hours by this stage in the hospital. It was also a very warm day, so... Um, that hospital ward became very, very hot. Um, and after not sleeping all night, and, and yet I know, you know, perhaps I really didn't have much to complain about, but um, it's surprising um, just how ratty everyone became, really. Um, when you're sleep deprived, when suddenly, you know, you, you, all of the adrenaline has now sort of worn off and you just want to get home and take baby home and introduce them, introduce baby to the family. Uh, but actually, you just want to sleep. You don't yeah, want anybody to come yeah. around your house. Well, this is it. And and the thing is, with that, um, I think the nurses will usually know, or the midwives will usually know when is best for you to leave, and they will want to satisfy themselves that you have managed to feed the baby for the first time properly, that you have managed to um, change the nappy properly, and that they've had at least. Um, one 
a wee and a poo before you leave. So take it from us, don't rush that process and if they suggest staying in for a little while longer to make sure that you've got those basics down then it probably is a good idea to do that. Not least because it will give mum a chance to recuperate a little bit more before uh, going home because once you get home you are then on your own. So once you get home feeding um, baby you may have opted to breastfeed. Um, I did try it for a few months um, I wasn't very successful at it. Um, I did find it quite a struggle. Um, for me personally, I don't feel like there is enough support out there for breastfeeding mums. I especially had no clue about it. And it doesn't matter how many classes you go on until you've got a baby in your arms desperate to feed. Uh, it, is, it is a struggle. Um, you, you know, But there are other options out there. You can um, express. I had a, a breast pump that was quite useful uh, you can also uh, put them straight onto formula, the pre-made stuff or the powder that you can mix yourself. I think it's important to say actually at this point that for the guys that, that you know, you can feel a little bit helpless at this point, especially if your partner is struggling to uh, breastfeed the child. The child is going to be noticeably uncomfortable and probably quite miserable if they're not getting enough milk. Um, and I think that there is, you know, some help that you can give yourselves, especially when, as Dion said, if you have a breast pump, you can try to express the milk early on and then perhaps take it in turns to feed the baby if you're happy to uh, use bottles as well as uh, breastfeed. Now, that's not always possible for all babies. Some will only uh, take two the breast and they're not interested in bottles at all but if you do have one of those babies and you're lucky that will be able to switch between um, either the breast or the bottle then I would suggest that you do do that where possible because it just means that each person is going to be a little bit more rested rather than mum having to get up multiple times during the night and look after uh, a screaming baby while um, potentially dad feels a little bit helpless. I think one of the key messages, though, um, before we wrap up this episode, is to make sure that you do lean on the support that you do have. And whether that's a health visitor, whether it's a midwife, whether it's your friends, your family, your parents, don't be afraid to ask for help. And don't be afraid to let them know if you're struggling, because everybody struggles. Everybody has the same concerns. And I think that you'll, you'll find people are far more receptive than you think. And even if that is at the wee hours of the morning, um, you're not alone. So that concludes uh, this episode. I hope you found it useful. Uh, next week, the third episode is entitled, Got a New Baby, Now What? So hopefully you'll find... Um, that exciting as well and uh, we look forward to bringing you some more content again if you've got any comments or suggestions then please feel free to email us at pp and t 2019 at hotmail.com oh and don't forget to subscribe so we will see you all again same time same place next week goodbye for now bye bye